This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee Number Five. I always remember when I was a child, and my mom was, will tell me, "If you need something from someone, ask someone who's busy." And it took me a while to understand that why she was saying it. And today, I can totally agree with her, just because. You're busy and you have to do so many things in your life. Somehow you become more efficient. It's something that you have to acquire. Otherwise, you cannot get things to do. Today we have here Alexis, and that I I met her actually in a roundtable not that long ago, and I just love what he she does. Uh, when I talked to Alexis the first time and she told me that she was all about being efficient. Oh my God. It's like she said the magic word. So welcome, Alexis. Halsberger. Did I say it right? Hasselberger. So very close. Welcome. And thank you for joining me for coffee today at coffee number five. And I love that you talk about efficiency and you work with people to be more efficient. So someone realize like I'm not being efficient and then they come to you. How does it work? Why people come to you? Yeah. So first, thanks for having me on the show. I'm so excited to get to talk to you again and to be able to talk about my favorite topic here. Um, so when I work with people, I help them to use their time in a way that fits with their goals and their values. Right. And so while a lot of times people don't even think of themselves as being efficient or not efficient, like they're not even there yet. They're thinking I am stressed out all the time. I'm working all the time and I'm still not able to get done all the things that I want to get done. Right. And so there is a kind of mismatch between the effort that they're putting in and the output that they're getting. And that's where efficiency comes in, right? Is how do we systematize things? How do we do things in such a way that we get more out of the effort that we put in? So basically it's getting just life hacks that fit your lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more systems than life hacks, right? Because I think it's, you can, you can take little tidbits here and there, and that's not going to make your life different. But I really walk people through a system of kind of how do we look at all of the elements of time management and productivity and layer on strategies and systems that work for each person. Because everyone's brain is different. Everybody's circumstances are different. Everybody's, you know, like we're all just very leading very different lives. And so we really have to say, what, what are you? What are, you know, what does your life look like? What does your brain look like? How do you do things? And now let's build habits and strategies that work with who you are so that you can be getting the most out of your time. That's amazing. So do you, I love to as I know also that everyone is different, I also believe that we're very similar in different ways. Do you find out, like, for example, women or women in certain age or men of this, any group that they tend to do the same things or it has nothing to do with gender or with age? So I would say that most people are not like, I, I don't think it really has a lot to do with gender. I think gender, gender like shows up in different ways, but it's not that people are doing things based on their gender. I think that like, you know, I will have men and I have men and women clients. And I will say that quite often, you know, I, I will have people that are like a mom of three and 
and a corporate executive. And, you know, like she's got all these issues and she's got a lot on her plate. And I'll also work with like a single guy who doesn't have a family and has a, a job that's, you know, maybe not as demanding. And they feel the same way, even though objectively their plates look very different. Right. And so it's interesting to me that like we can have different amounts of things on our plate and it can look different, but we still have the same kind of feelings of stress around these things. That's fascinating because it's all about your perspective, how you see your life is I always I always tell my team that when we see a problem, I tell the same to my kids. When you see a problem, you cannot get overwhelmed by with the problem because you don't see the problem anymore. You are so overwhelming with the feeling that you don't see the problems. And I think it's the same here. You cannot see how you can get organized or strategize your time because you cannot, uh, you're not efficient because you're so immersed in how you feel. So like I always, we get a crisis because it happens when you run an agency, they always tell me you're get so cool. I say, no, I don't, I don't get cool. I just put shield because if I don't put that shield I cannot take a step back and see this from a different point of view and sometimes it takes only see things from a different point of view in order to find uh, the answers because I'm sure that you are not going to tell people here are your answers you work with them to to find those strategies together, right? And I think, you know, just to bring it back to what you were saying before we even started recording with the concept of drowning or the phrase of drowning in a glass of water, right? If you're drowning, if you're in survival mode, it's really hard to think logistically and strategically about ways to get yourself out, right? You're just kind of flailing around hoping you don't drown. I don't even have any more hours during the day that I can stretch myself anymore. So I come to you and I say... I have this problem. What can I do? What can you do for me? Yeah. So I would say it's not about what I can do for you. It's about what you can do for yourself with me as a guide, right? Like, you know, I, that's the first thing that I would say, because I think these, when we're trying to work with behavior change and things like that, it comes from within. So you need a, you may need a guide to help get you there, but you're the one who's going to have to do the work to make it happen. Right. But then I would say, let's start from a point of examining where your time is actually going. So you say, I don't have any more hours in the day to devote to anything, right? There's no, bud- there's no room, there's no budging here. And so I'm going to say for a week, I want you to track your time from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to sleep. And then we're just going to look at the data in a really non-judgmental way and say, what are you doing? Right. And so we're going to do this for a number of reasons to start by saying, well, what do you want to be doing more of, right? What do you want to be doing less of? What are you surprised by? Because time is subjective. And so, you know, things that we like doing, it feels like they go by in an instant. Things we hate doing, it feels like it takes forever and drags on. So we often don't really have a good sense of where our time's really going. And by tracking it, we're able to, to really notice patterns that we might not have seen. So, you know, I've had I've, you know, this is probably not you, cause I know you're very efficient, but I've had, you know, I worked with a tech executive and he, found during this process that he was spending four hours a day in five minute chunk on Reddit and YouTube. He just had no idea, right? So it's like, he came in with the same feeling of like, I don't have any more time in the day. I'm always busy. I'm stretched all the time. And in reality, we were able to say, well, there's four hours right now that we can just bring back to every day. It wasn't something he'd even realized. I mean, there are times that you consciously might choose to do something because they have all the benefits. Like for example, I know that right before I go to sleep, I put 
certain times for reading. I'm reading something completely unrelated to my work because that's the only way I could fall asleep and disconnect. Yeah. But you're choosing to do that. That's different, right? I think that, that therein lies like the awareness, right? I think if whenever you are doing something that you are choosing to do, that's productivity. But I think so many of us are, are stuck in letting the day happen to us, right? Where it's like, we start with our email, we start responding, we're like doing stuff. We all of a sudden at 6 PM, we look up and we realize we've been working hard all day long. And yet we haven't crossed a single thing off the to-do list because we didn't plan our work. And so we just kind of let things that come in, come in. And so I think that's like where the, the awareness comes in as we would be like, what's actually happening so that we can try to figure out how to be more intentional about what we're doing. Oh, I love that you said that you just said one of the, my favorite words in, in the world that it's intention. Like everything we do is content with intention. Like we, we believe that every piece of content that we put out there, even if it's an email or Instagram uh, post, whatever we do has to have an intention and the intention need to know, we need to know the intention before you don't, you, you don't need to figure out later. No, because if you're figuring it out later, it's justification. It's not intention. Exactly. And so you need to know what you want from this piece before you start in the drawing board. If you, before you start writing, this should be a strategy. I mean, I strategize my days because otherwise, I mean, if you see my calendar, um, you don't want to see my calendar, but uh, I think it will make anyone feel sick seeing my calendar, <laughs> but I, I need it. I need know what's going to happen. I need to have that plan. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And I need to know the notifications that are going to come off. And I need to know that certain notifications are for my son, but I'm tagging it. And it gives me such a relief when he presses the done button. It's not the best feeling in the world to get rid of all those little boxes. Yeah. I mean, I call it the dopamine hit of taking things off of the list, right? It's like every time you click the box, every time you cross something off, you get a dopamine hit in your brain. I can describe it in so many ways. The same, like I, another strategy that I have is the flagging emails. I have flags from different emails, different colors. Like for example, something I need to get, get right away back. It's in certain color. Another flag is, oh, this is going to have to be taken care of at some point. But the day and the day that I don't have flags and I don't have emails in my waiting, it's just so good. I do email a completely different way than you do, but I also am an inbox zero person. And so there is a like getting everything out of there. And so I think what that shows is like you and I can both be very efficient and have different strategies for doing so, right? Absolutely. And it's not only about the satisfaction of getting it done. Also, I know because I have a system that I didn't forget anything else because I think that that's the thing that gives you anxiety. Yeah. The anxiety is in the unknown. And, but it's the anxiety of feeling that you might not do anything or something, you're missing something because you forgot. But if you have systems in place that you know that it's there, if it needs to be done, you know that if it's empty, it's because everything is done. Doesn't mean like in five minutes, it's gonna get full again, but you go to get that happy dance going that you're done. Well, you're right. It's all about the systems. And I think that's you know the, another thing that I help all my clients do is to create a single trusted system. 
So what, what is their system that's going to work so that, yes, all of that stuff is offloaded out of their brain and that they know exactly what they need to do and when, and that they can prioritize in such a way so that, that when something doesn't happen, it's because they chose to do something that was more important not because they forgot or dropped the ball. This is a true story. My company last year, we at this time of the year, we were like 15 people. This year, at this time, we are like 47. And we're all, we always been remote. We are all over the world. So I realized at some point that I had to put very strict systems in place and logistics and processes for everyone to work the same way and we work very collaboratively. We create this process. We even recorded the process. So you have videos for anyone new that comes. They know that they need to follow the same process because otherwise will be a chaos. Right, right. And then you also, if I mean, I, I love that. I think like this is what I teach all my corporate clients too, is like you have to have documented systems and processes. People have to be doing the same thing because if you don't, then you waste so much time in communicating about, oh, do you have that piece of information? Where do I find it? Does anyone know about this? You know? It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And I feel like it damages relationships. But I want to tell you something very interesting that happened. From those 15 people that there were back then when we put systems in place, not many of them stayed. They found a way to live because they couldn't live with the, the strategy and the system in place. They were thriving in chaos. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's true. There are, there are always going to be people who will reject a methodology, right? But but when you're in a company, it's it's really necessary because you can't always accommodate the outliers in in terms of you know this the strategy or the process, right? Of course, we want difference of thinking, we want all sorts of diversity, but we have to follow the processes, otherwise, you know, the work product suffers. Yeah. Well, as a company, as in any company, even if you are a solopreneur or you are a multi-million company, who are all drive by making profit and the only way to make profit unless you are like super successful is to make sure that you don't overspend many times we are overspending in time and that costs us time and resources yeah Yes, 100%. I mean, time is one of the biggest, the biggest issues out there. I mean, there are so many, there are studies show that most people spend up to a third of their day, work day, simply recovering from distractions, right? And so if we can eliminate these or reduce them, if we can create process and, and that people spend on average, like something like 50 minutes a day searching for documents. Oh, like for example, that was a big win for me. I know that the way that we nomenclate the files, I can find anything in my drive. Standard nomenclature that everyone is using. And again, it doesn't matter what you choose as the method, as long as it's standard so that everybody knows what to do. This is my question. Why is so hard for people to nomenclate right? So I think that I think it comes down to this, that you, you and I seem to be aligned on a similar value. And this is that planning is real work and it's important and putting structure around things is important, right? And I think that a lot of times, especially with a lot of clients that, that I work with, that there is a sense that I just don't have time. I don't have time to rename something. 
correctly. I don't have time to document this. I don't have time to do X. But what they're failing to understand is that they are taking a short-term gain at the expense of the much bigger long-term gain. So it's like, it's another thing, right? People spend tons of time just not even saving documents down and like they're just searching in their email for them, right? It's very, it's really common and it takes people forever. You're always looking for things, right? Looking for links, et cetera. It's like taking that 10 seconds in the moment fixes hours in the in the future, right? Okay, I, I'm gonna give you another confession what I do. I write a new contact. I put a note how I met that person. When I connect with someone on LinkedIn, I also send them a message that relates to how we met, right? So I'll say, thank you so much for attending my workshop on making meetings better or whatever it is, like, even though it's kind of silly, so that if ever, you know, that might not be a contact that I'm in contact with all the time, but it's like lives in my contact. But if they ever reach out to me, then I know how we got in touch. So I do the same thing, right? It's just, just a second. It's a, it's a second, or it's like, even when you are... Uh, this is a networking trick that when you go meet someone and you do a follow-up in the email, I always include something about the discussion or the conversation that we had. Because also, if I go back to my emails or that person, it's a trigger that reminds me the conversation. And I mean, I think there's so many places where this shows up too, right? It's like, if you have a task in your task list, put a link to the file or the email that it's about. So that you don't have to search for it later, right? Like while you're creating the task, just put the link or upload the file or whatever it is, because then you won't have to find it later. Also, like write down when you finish a step of a task, timestamp what you did and when, right? Just pop it into the comments of your task system so that you don't have to remember, wait, where was I the last time I opened this project, right? Did I did I do this or not? You know? There's so many little tricks like that that just and for me it's being efficient. It's all about being efficient because next time it's going to take me less time and i know that these things that we asking for it can sound crazy to some people totally not really pushing for asking for these little things but what do you understand the first time it's hard but then they become a habit it becomes a habit and also you say, i mean i'm a huge fan of template for everything right i mean i i think that like 70% of the emails that i send begin with an email template because I don't want to write the same things over and over again. I don't want to write, I hope your week has been going well. So I have a shortcut in text expander where I can type www and it types that for me instead, right? Like there's a lot of little things we can do to just create efficiencies that yes, it does take a little bit more time to set up, but saves you so much time down the line. Like for example, someone from my team find out about the Gmail pipelines. Yeah, I have seen that. Tell me how you're using it. I'm not using it yet, personally, but I've seen how she uses it. And it's amazing. You can set up periods of time and what's a part of the process that that, that conversation needs to be in. It's the same thing. It's the idea of a template, right? It's like you can create templates anywhere from anything. And so when they're integrated. Yeah, but it's not only about the template. It's about the part of the process that, that conversations, because we know that you have an introduction and this is a rejected. So it's a part of the pipeline. I think when I say template, I mean all of that. I mean, process, checklist, like any kind of workflow, all of anything that can be recreated is a template to me, right? I think I just use that word really broadly. Exactly. Or we even like we do with the company, we learn how to do uh, pipelines for interviewing because you never know the people are always around and then we find out that someone applied but oh sound familiar but I don't remember we start looking at the emails and we couldn't 
find it. So in the pipeline, we even have the notes of what we thought about that people during the interview. So if it's worth to bring back or not. Right, right. And I always think about, you know, anytime we do these things in the moment that set us up for success later, it's that we're pri prioritizing our future selves, right? We're saying, I'm going to take this little hit right now in time to prioritize our future self and our future company and our future success. I love that. I really love that. Thank you so much for being here in Coffee Number Five and, and for prioritizing your time of being here with me today. Yeah, of course. It was really fun. As I mean, I think you and I could probably geek out on this conversation forever. I, I know, but let's take it offline. I think we're starting to scare out people. So it's been great to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. If you like the show, remember to leave a review. I will really appreciate it. If you want to know more about marketing and myself, follow me on Instagram. My handle is Lara Schmoisman. was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.